Welcome to Tech Talks. I'm Holly Scott. Today's discussion centers on innovation and stroke treatment. As we sit in one of the most advanced countries in the world, cerebral stroke is still one of the biggest killers globally. And I am lucky and fortunate to sit with John Wainwright, the VP of R&D, as well as Bob Colleton, the CEO of Mivi Neuroscience, an innovative company that is looking to change this paradigm. Thank you both for joining today. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks, Holly. Bob, I'd love to start with you. You know, we go way back. You've been in the industry a long time. So share with us a bit about what drew you to MIVI and, and stroke in particular, and what drew you to MIVI? That's a good question, Holly. Um, I've been lucky enough to be in neurointervention for about 18 years. At first, I was in the hemorrhagic side of neurointervention with coils at a company called Micris. And then subsequently years later in ischemic stroke, when ischemic stroke exploded about eight years ago, um, and became very aware of the importance of not only removing the clot out of the brain ischemic in the ischemic stroke, but also making sure that any fragments or any distal emboli don't occur. And I became aware of the technology called DAISY, uh, which with Mivi had had for six or seven years. And I was always intrigued by it. I always thought that this was clearly the answer and talking to neurointerventionists around the world, protecting the distal bed was really important to them. So after the stent retriever company that uh, I was working with was acquired by a strategic, basically went and connected with Mivi and became a consultant. And then from consulting to chief commercial officer, now to CEO because I truly believe the technologies we, we are developing and are on the verge of launching in the United States are truly transformative for the patient. And that's ultimately what we're all about. So yeah, that's how I found Mivi. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that, that personal passion, that draw over the years, it's, it's, uh, it, it, really, it really pulls us to where we're supposed to be. What ischemic in particular, that's the largest uh, occurrence, correct? That's the, the, the largest in terms of stroke? It is, so th this is essentially where a blood clot blocks the brain. And um, until about 10 years ago, the, the common treatment for that was a clot busting drug called TPA. And as you can imagine, if you put the clot busting drug into the vessel, the clot breaks up, but then the clot just travels further into the brain, which causes complications. Uh, there was a series of clinical studies that proved that removing the clot out of the brain had true physiologic improvements and that really opened up the market. And so now we're talking about a market that has in the United States anywhere between 50 and 60,000 cases growing at 20 to 30% a year. Um, so it's more physicians are, are performing it. The systems of care are getting better to get the patients into the hospitals faster. I call it the perfect storm of improvement. So we're, we'll see not only in the United States, but around the world, a significant increase in, in stroke treatments and uh, ultimately better outcomes for those patients. So what, what makes DAISY unique in the market when, it, when you look at the, the current standard of care and the intervention, the procedure itself? Um, so we've developed two technologies. The first is an aspiration technology um, called the Q catheter. And it's the first unique aspiration device to hit the market when we arrive. Um, in the last 10 years, it's an entirely new way to do aspiration. And that way we believe we'll, we'll enter the market in an innovative way, helping patients. But then DAISY is the secondary technology that really, not only does it uh, provide some stent like ischemic or 
stent retriever-like impact. It also provides a backstop, if you will, for any kind of fragmentation or fracturing of the clot that causes distal emboli. Mm -hmm. So that's clearly the benefit of that technology. Um, and that's what we believe will be truly transformative and really introduce a new way to treat stroke. Mm -hmm. Which even again, in today's day and age is still what, number two uh, killer in the world? Dis it in is. Terms. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So aspirations first line and then actual retrieval is, is, is second line of defense. Is that, am I understanding that correctly? It, and that's even today. Mm -hmm. I mean, today in the marketplace and the vast majority of cases that are being done are called large vessel occlusions. And like any vascular marketplace like cardiology, the main treatments start in the proximal or the close vessels, the larger vessels. Mm -hmm. And where the challenges really come is as you go further and further distal, these vessels get smaller, they get more tortuous, the clot composition changes. And today in our marketplace, there's pretty effective solutions for the proximal and there's lots of competitors. Mm -hmm. For us, our focus has been the distal segment, not only treating the distal segment with unique devices, getting in there, getting the clot out, but also again with DAISY that ultimately would protect the distal segment from having aberrant uh, clot or distal emboli occur. So mm -hmm. that's really the focus but um, of what we're doing. That's it. So you're going after the more complicated of the most complicated procedures. It, it is, and we're, I call it, we're gonna do a twofer. Mm -hmm. The first is these, these technologies will clearly be effective in the proximal segment and we'll compete in that segment against mm -hmm. the quote unquote big guys. Mm -hmm. But where we'll have our killer app, if you will, is in the distal segment. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're focused on. That's, that's tremendous. And you're not the only one from the neurovascular world, right? In terms of the leadership team? Well, no, not really. Um, I, that's probably the thing I'm proudest of is, since I became CEO is building the senior management team. Um, when I arrived, we had, you know, currently we have uh, two people that when I arrived were on the team, uh, Randy Labounty and who's our VP regulatory clinical and then Tina King who's our director of marketing. Um, but when I arrived, there was a real key, we, when I became CEO, I should say, um, there was a real need for operational excellence. And we reached out to a gentleman named Mike Costello, who had been with several, he's a Minneapolis legend. He has been um, with several startups that have been acquired by Boston Scientific, by other large strategics for, you know, five, six, $700 million. Truly a startup to development to, to sale guy. So he came in and rounded out our operational capability. After that, um, we realized we needed a development expert, somebody who could lead the way, who had tons of experience in neuro. And we got lucky enough to work with the Mullings Group and found John um, John Wainwright, who was a director of R&D at Medtronic. Um, PhD, great experience with physicians. We were so lucky to get John onto the team. Um, and he's made a vital impact to the organization. And so not only from product development, but overall product organ company organization. So that's been great. Um, most recently, we added our CFO, Tim Houck, who has extensive business development experience, worked for Medtronic for many, many years, also has uh, recent startup experience as a business development. And I think that's a critical add for us because if you look at our marketplace, I always say we're ready for a tectonic shift. There's large strategics. There's lots of small companies coming up with innovative technologies. There's other large strategics that are looking from the fringe to see if this is a market they want to get into because of the market growth. Tim's experience in business development was vital for us as we go out and, and make licenses, 
make acquisitions, form partnerships. So that's been a real key asset to him. Um, on the horizon, as we move forward through the FDA, we'll be putting together a U.S. commercial footprint with a U.S. senior person. And then we also have Nick Perio, who's our European director, um, who is, a, I call him my Swiss army knife. He's got uh, clinical as well as commercial experience and commercial responsibility here at, at, at MIVI and uh, doing a great job on there. So yeah, that our team has really flourished um, in the last nine months and everything's moving forward. Excellent. Yeah, when I zoom out and I look at the last three decades and the innovation, you know, cardiovascular, you know, you and I both lived through it was was just the the, the days of the 90s and, you know, growth and, and the answers there. It, it is certainly time for neurovascular to to be that that rocket ship, right? We've we've gone after so much of this in so many ways, but now getting in and really improving the outcomes and improving the delivery and, and the patient experience, the clinician experience. Um, I'm bullish about this market. It's, it's quite exciting. It, it's true. I mean, I lived through the, car, as you said, we lived through the cardiovascular experience. And when we go out and raise money, most of the early cardiovascular investors that we talk to see a mirror to the cardiovascular market that they do to the neuro market. Mm -hmm. The same type of market growth, the same type of technology improvement, all focused on improving clinical outcomes and actually improving clinical outcomes. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this is a market that's just ripe for expansion and not just in the United States, as I said, it is, I mean, China is quickly becoming the largest market. They're actually building specific stroke hospitals. Um, the world is, is waking up to stroke and being driven by lots of key opinion leaders in the United States and around the world, as well as with, mm -hmm. you know, companies like ours that are coming up with better and better solutions. Yeah, no, it was, it, and there were there was a time when the the neurovascular interventionalists were, were such a tough nut to crack, you know, and now that we're getting to a point where there is more opportunity and innovation for the patient, you, you've ridden that time and, and now it's now it's coming around. So it's it's exciting. I, I know we're we're on the, the cusp of something great here. We are. Yeah. Well, I, I'd love to, to bring John in on this because John, not only are, are, are you incredibly impressive because your early academic career was from University of Florida and you're a Gator, but you're also a PhD. You studied uh, the cardiovascular system early as well and uh, materials, tissues, I believe as well. I'm going from memory on that. And then uh, a legacy in, in neuro. So please share with us what, what, uh, a little bit more about your path and what brought you to MIVI. What, ex what, uh, what was in interesting to you about uh, MIVI? Yeah, so a couple of things really uh, stood out to me with, with MIVI, that my life goal is to save millions of lives in a beneficial environment. And, you know, by developing devices to treat stroke better, I think I have that opportunity to partner with physicians and the healthcare community to achieve that goal. You know, Bob mentioned that China is this growing market. And you know it's a huge problem, and I think one that we're well poised to help uh, improve. The, the other part of it is the the technology that I started my career in peripheral vascular, and you know for every carotid stent that is put in, you have a distal protection filter. You move five inches north, and there is no protection. So it was something that just intuitively made sense for me. Uh, the other part of it is the Q catheter. As we're treating more distal vessels, we need a different way to do it. 
And you know, because you're limited by space, the queue provides a, an additional benefit with that higher flow. And we're seeing some early results that look really beneficial compared to the, the previous history. That's interesting. And it, it, going back to that point where you said, boy, there's just uh, five inches longer, it, it makes such a big difference. What, what are some of the engineering challenges and considerations that go into creating that lengthier catheter uh, stay and that, and that uh, access? Yeah, so one of the, the biggest challenges is just the, the tortuosity. You see a, a lateral image of the uh, vasculature of the brain behind me, and you can see that those curves are quite tight. And so you need to be able to get into these small vessels with a, a very flexible device uh, and pull that clot out without causing more trauma. If you think about the brain, it's really floating inside of your skull, and you don't want to put a lot of force on that. And so that's where I think the combination of the DAISY device, which is a soft polymer fiber, plus the Q catheter really makes a great pairing for these uh, MEVO treatments, medium vessel occlusions. Interesting. So it, as someone who, from um, a technology lead perspective, you've seen innovation in the cardiovascular world and you've seen some of the challenges there. As someone slides into, or perhaps has interest in sliding into a neuro application, what are some of the, the headwinds and some of the opportunities that someone might, might walk into um, coming in, you know, first day? Yeah, I, my neurovascular experience, you know, it, it took me probably a, a year to kind of understand what, what the differences were and probably, you know, three or more to really figure out how to make a, a benefit because of those differences, you know, it, the, the tortuosity and the navigation is probably one of the most critical things. Uh, also, just the, the delicate nature of the, the brain. You lose 1.9 million neurons per minute. So time really is brain. Mm -hmm. And getting the whole clot out in one pass mm -hmm. all together is, is going to be so critical for the patient to have a good recovery. That's, tell me a little more about the aspiration side. What's, what's the advantage of our um, our outcomes when it comes to the aspiration device versus the current standard of care? Sure, the, the Q catheter has a couple unique technology features. It's really uh, an extension catheter. So it sits on the end of the guide and it's compatible with any 88 to 90 guide currently. And with that, it can remove ledge effects for the guide and also you know, aid in the navigation so you can get more distally with the, the Q catheter easier mm -hmm. uh, because of its tapered design and this rapid exchange type platform. Uh, we see this having future benefits for radial access. And we've already discussed the, especially the benefit for these smaller vessel occlusions where you're really limited by the vessel size with how large of an aspiration catheter you get there. Hmm. Uh, recent publications have shown that stent retrievers cause more damage than aspiration, uh, traditional aspiration catheters, mm -hmm. but traditional aspiration catheters aren't as good as getting the clot out of these small vessels. Mm -hmm. So I think the Q catheter is very well set up to change that paradigm. Hmm. So as you, as you think about where we're going and as, as stroke is continuing to evolve, and let's just pretend for a minute that you have limitless resources and, and limitless time, money, everything. 
what, what would be the next frontier as we're looking at stroke and the health of, of the stroke patient? Yeah, in the short term, it is really these medium vessel occlusions. There's multiple studies ongoing now that I'm sure will prove the benefit of removing the clot from these smaller vessels. Uh, a lot of strokes happen in the middle cerebral artery, and that controls your face, arm, and speech. That's why there's the acronym FAST. Mm -hmm. If you have any face droop, speech slurring, uh, or trouble raising your arm, then it's time to get the hospital. And so with that, those are critical areas that you might not be fully disabled, but you're not gonna be able to go back to your normal life. Mm -hmm. So treating these smaller vessels is going to be so important, especially for younger patients that are still active in the workforce or have a family to raise. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, it's really getting treatment to more patients. If you look worldwide, about 14% of ischemic strokes are treated but if you look at the, the smaller countries, it's less than 3%. And so that's really the critical benefit of you know, making a treatment that's simple and works well, mm -hmm. and that you can really get to more patients across the world. Does the, does the tech and the, and the innovation fit into the, the current workflow for the, the neurointerventionalist right now? It, it does, and you know, part of it is around training and, and having these cath labs available worldwide. Um, and then I think new technology is making that implementation of these procedures much easier. Uh, last week, we had a, a nice robotics demonstration at WLNC where it, we combined our Q catheter with the Corindus robot uh, to show that aspiration was was possible. Um, and you know, if we take this a few more steps, you could think about doing this remotely. And that's how this technology really uh, starts benefiting. And I think, again, the, because of the design of the Q and the DAISY, it's very nicely set up for these type of procedures. Simplicity is everything in that, in that context. That's, that's, uh, that's where we can really make the impact in, in, with the simplicity and elegance of the product and, and having potentially that scalability. And we're seeing that in every facet of medicine in terms of going towards more of a democratized and accessibility approach. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that's, that's on the horizon. It's a, it gives us hope, it gives us hope. Well, this Absolutely. is... This is excellent. I, I, I truly pre appreciate both of you so much for joining me today and, and sharing um, dialogue on this important topic. As, as I, I look at the evolving marketplace, it, it's an interesting time. You know, we, we have focused in medical devices, in healthcare, health tech, life sciences for three decades. And, and it's always interesting to watch where money and investment goes as times change and evolve and as we may be seeing some softening and dipping in some segments, it'll be very interesting to see what other segments enjoy. And uh, it's been my experience that quite often the, the big market opportunities with significant tried and true patient benefit that are fit nicely into the current clinical experience and can make their life easier and make patients' lives, uh, make their outcomes better, they win. So I'm, I'm bullish on, on you, you all at MIVI and, and look forward to what the future holds. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you both for joining. And audience, thank you for joining us on Tech Talks. See you soon.